0: Impact the tsunami at the end, but colored red.
1: Everyone had anticipated a red wave for this midterm election that would lead to the Republican Party winning a substantial amount of seats. However, this didn't happen, and many of former President Trump's as highest as profile endorsements ultimately lost their races. Democrats are now celebrating, Biden recently declaring the results were a testament to Americans' voters' frustrations and dedication to preserving abortion rights. But could this narrative be too positive? Has there been a fundamental change in our political system that could still be threatening our very democracy?
0: Hi, my name is Hannah. And my name is Shreyas. Welcome to Everything's Not Okay.
1: So, yesterday was just announced that Republicans have basically won the House.
0: Congratulations, Hannah. I know you were rooting for them big time. I'm very excited you we know, uh, finally did this. Let's address the point that the 2022 midterms ended yesterday morning and already people are announcing their run for 2024 specifically uh former president trump so can we just get a can we just get a break can get 24 hours to just not think about elections and just so you would say you'd rather be the dog right now oh oh would i rather be in china i I you wouldn't have to worry about election there make you make you make a compelling argument
1: so let's talk a little bit about the midterms because I think right now we are seeing a lot of positive, you know, headlines saying, "Oh, we sk- we expected this red wave, but democracy not dead. Everyone still has a vision for America to like do well, and like you know, the yeah, Republicans yeah, yeah. didn't win.
0: Everybody is always uh, making themselves sound like the hero of the story. The everybody was expecting a giant Republican splash tsunami, a uh, a red wave." And what really happened was that they didn't win as many seats as they thought they would, specifically in the Senate. The three that were surprising, I would say, is Pennsylvania with Fetterman winning, and in uh, Nevada with Cortez Mastro winning, and then in Arizona with Mark Kelly winning. All three of those could have, in, in, a, in a very, very reasonable world, have gone the Republican way. And Georgia is kind of interesting because Herschel Walker... Yeah is uh you know to use uh to use mitch mcconnell's words not our best candidate
1: right and
0: they're they're fighting it off
1: and we're not going to be able to know until december yeah
0: yeah but that doesn't really matter because uh the democrats still took 50 seats they're trying to figure out their uh leadership both parties trying to figure out the leadership for next uh next congress and yeah republicans took the house in uh, what is right now a zero seat margin, they hit exactly 218. They have a majority, and Nancy Pelosi has stepped down as the leader of the Democratic Party. Nancy so we're going through we're going through some changes.
1: See, my question is: from all of these changes, at least the Democrats seem to be very optimistic, saying, "Hey, you guys all expected a red wave. Yeah, they won. They did win the House, but." By a slim margin. Right. But is that necessarily something to celebrate about? I mean, I think at the end of the day, yeah, the Democrats were basically running on the fact that they want to protect abortion rights. And so them winning, they kind of like crafted a narrative saying, see, America still really cares about, human, right. like you know, these social policies right, right, right. versus things such as inflation or
0: I, yeah yeah and we could we could try to think of different reasons all day of why Democrats were able to be as successful as they were, but the main thing that a lot of people on the left are celebrating uh is that election deniers, people who think that Biden did not fairly win the twenty twenty election, were not winning nearly as much as they were expected to, right in seven of the states where their secretary of State which is the person in charge of overseeing elections, an election denier was running. In six of them, the election denier lost. There was a lot of swing areas such as in Pennsylvania with Dr. Mehmet Oz um, or Georgia with uh, Herschel Walker, where people thought this would be an easy win for the Republican, but the election denier did not take an easy win there. And the New York Times said that the election denialists Strongly underperformed GOP expectations. And Time Magazine took it one step further. And they said election deniers were among the biggest losers in the 2022 midterms. Oh, wow. And, And that's where I disagree. I think you have to contextualize this in something that's looking at just more than this 2022 midterms. And it's the fact that how many people that denied the outcome of a previous presidential election ran on that and won in 2020 midterms? Zero. What about in 2018? Zero. What about in 2016? Zero. Now what about in 2020? Well, around 170, right? This is uh, we have governors who have won election or re-election like Greg Abbott in Texas who questioned the outcome of the elections. We have people in the U.S. Senate like Ron Johnson who have questioned the outcome. He just won re-election. This is a fundamentally different Congress when it comes to election rights. A fundamentally different Congress than the one that tried to challenge the election in 2020, in January 6th, with the, uh, with the uh, reinstatement of the Electoral College and all that. Now there's a lot more people who have political power, who are elected lawmakers and policymakers that can push us a lot further away from a normal, healthy, functioning democracy the next time around, in 2024, if uh, the Trump. Republican Party, Trump, uh were to lose. Right. And that I think is not being addressed enough. This this threat is a lot bigger than people are giving you credence.
1: So ultimately do you think that Democrats are just focusing on too positive news, you know, trying to mitigate their losses when in reality we should be taking a step back. And to your point saying, But what's the future? You know, like yeah. maybe we should be preparing for the 2024 elections right now and seeing that There might be a lot of denialism in that race. Yeah,
0: the the notion that Americans were able to fend off threats to our democracy, I think that's a phrase that a lot of people will use right now in the media, and that notion is is completely false. We elected a ton of people who have outright said that the 2020 election was rigged. For example, in Wyoming, Liz Cheney, who is Republican royalty, her dad was Vice President Dick Cheney, and she was the third-ranking person in Congress. She got outed from her her leadership position in Congress. Because she... Because she's criticized Trump after January 6th. And then she got primaried in Wyoming, lost the primary for the GOP nomination, and was replaced by a woman who has a lot less political experience, but agrees with her on pretty much every policy issue except for one, and that is that the 2020 election was not a fair election.
1: So we have this one argument where election denialism and these candidates were able to achieve success. But then we also have the midterm story where a lot of people actually lost or maybe Republicans went a little too overboard and people who were more mo- more moderate decided to stay safe with the Democrats. So yeah. do you think this could be a telling tale to those currently in power to maybe tone down
0: the craziness? Mitch McConnell said that... Uh the reason why he thinks Republicans didn't fare as well as they should have, because this should have been an easy election for them. Yeah, Biden is not a popular president. The economy is heading towards recession. Mm-hmm. Inflation is high. It's supposed to be easy for the opposing party. And he says that the candidates that they ran just scared off the independents and the, the very moderate right. or more liberal Republicans. And maybe that's a shift in the playbook, but it's, it's tough to see that happen, right? Like Think about the structure of how our country nominates people. We have a primary system where the most enraged activist and impassioned people go out and vote for the nominee, which means that you're representing, overrepresenting a group of people that then get to dictate for the rest of the country how many or, or what kind of candidates you get. So Mitch McConnell can say that, but the vigor and the support that election denialism has, it's, it's like 60% of the Republican Party believes that uh, the election was stolen from President Trump. That's not going to change. The base isn't going to change. So maybe they can try their strategy. But organically, people who make the point that election denialism is something that needs to be addressed are going to be successful. And this midterms, I think, proved that more than it um, showed that that doesn't work. So do you
1: think this is more telling of those who are in power or where the majority of Americans stand?
0: Yeah. The thing is, most Americans don't support election denial. Exactly. Time. This is, a, this is a very much rooted in one party in our country. But the thing is, we as a country, with, with the majority of people who don't believe the election was stolen, should be far more vigorous about penalizing people who do believe the election was stolen. And the question is, why don't people care more? right? It's interesting to me that there's people who are on the fence, who are in the middle, who will vote for someone because they might have better issues or better solutions for things like inflation and crime. And those issues are important, but they're very, very short term. Whereas the threat that someone could not, using their power in Congress, not approve the Electoral College so that the election can be subverted or go in a different way, and you know, abuse something that was supposed to be ceremonial. That threat, I think, people really haven't swallowed or or fully understand. And I don't think it's something that people take seriously enough. Why is it that the the moderates in the Republican Party are okay with the more extreme people saying electionalism um, are are still willing to reelect those people because it's it's still better than the Democratic Party? I think we have to maybe the Democratic Party has to understand that people hate them a lot more than uh, they realize. This is not just a mandate to keep ruling, but a mandate also to re-understand. But I think more modern people also need to figure out how much this threat can be realized. People in history have time and time again voted themselves out of democracy. And we could do the same thing. It's a, it's a very real threat.
1: Well, I want to add two points to that. Mm. So the first point is definitely election denialism and this overall encompassing threat to democracy should be on voters' minds, and it should be on every American's mind. But I think similar to like something such as abortion rights, the reason why that is not even falling into Americans' first priority is because it's really easy for us just to see the short-term effects and also what's happening in our lives, right? I think ultimately when you see prices increasing and these hard things that are being thrown at you right at the moment, it's hard to look at the overall picture. So mm-hmm. that's my that's my reasoning for your first point. But I also think, as you mentioned, Democrats aren't popular either. So this isn't a win for Democrats. If anything, it's kind of like a Biden situation where it's like, let's just settle. Yeah, it's uh... a lot of people are really discontent with how Democrats have been running this administration. In fact, in a preliminary exit poll about equal proportions of voters said Democrats and Republicans were too extreme. Yeah. So I think we're just in a very hyper-polarized environment right now where it's one or the other but there's no right middle ground.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the Democratic party has an issue because they need to win in rural and suburban areas. But a large part of their activist base is in urban areas. And urban areas, of course, are always going to be more progressive. You can just look at the members of Congress that represent urban areas versus you know, rural areas in the Democratic Party. And uh, the urban ones are the ones that are the most progressive, that are in the progressive caucus in Congress. And it, it puts them in a rock and a hard place. Because if, if you're not as liberal sometimes, you can be... Uh, labeled as not being as compassionate by more, uh, by more progressive people within the party. And that's a, that's a tough thing for the Democrat Party to have to deal with. So I think they have to understand that they need to run two campaigns, one that works in progressive areas and one that works in more um, Democrat-run but still conservative areas. But also, like, moreover, I think, I think it's kind of interesting that what, what, like why is it that people don't take this whole election denialism more seriously? It seems that it's something that people on the left really, really care about but people in the middle are kind of passive about it.
1: Well I think uh, right now it's really easy to focus on election denialism and say, oh, this is a threat to our democracy, but it's been going on forever. You know, this isn't a new phenomenon. The election denialism has always existed in our history. Yeah, but not not
0: like this. Not like, you know, the election was rigged and I'm going to run for secretary of state to oversee those elections. And then uh the this person running for secretary of state in uh Nevada, I believe, said that he's going he's running on the point. And and when you're running for secretary of state for a state, there is no other policy issue other than running the elections. That's the only role that the Secretary of State has. So when you have that as your policy platform that I'm going to run to overturn the 2020 elections, to decertify them. And that person only lost by a 2% margin. That shows that this is is a, a space that we're in where we've only fended off this threat, but it's still knocking at our door and it's leaking into the creeks.
1: See, my other question to that is now, how many people are picking that narrative just because they're discontent with the current situation? How
0: much of it is, yeah, just trying to whack... You know, take a take yeah. bludgeon and just yeah whack because the we've
1: been looking at this narrative as if oh those people are really crazy and we we were able to sway them with our sanity. But what if our sanity situation is actually the crazy one that a mo- the majority <laughs> of people don't want to live in, and so
0: they're denying that outright? Yeah, I mean, we we uh, as uh, I mean, what do you mean by that?
1: I mean, I think a lot of people may not actually believe that the election was rigged or they don't actually want to take part in election denialism, but they're so unhappy with Biden and the Democrats that they would just rather. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. There's definitely a PR issue on both sides. I think both sides will do something good. And then they allowed the extremes to twist it because Biden, you know, what I love is I I look at Biden's Instagram a lot. (laughs) As one does late at you night. You send it to me, yeah. Yeah, of course. Do you and slide it to his
1: DMs ever?
0: I have tried He doesn't respond? Uh, no, he does not. I'm and, sorry. Uh, Biden, I know you listen to this podcast, so... Do you want to do a little... Feel free to respond to my DMs. Right, right, right. Um, but what's interesting is that he's, you know, pretty much in re-election mode. And there's so many clips of him side to side with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Some, you know, one-off congresswoman from Georgia... Who says the most crazy things, but it's a really smart strategy because they're trying to you know put someone who's more moderate in the party, Biden, with some far extreme in the Republican party and say this is what Republicans have become, you know, go the way of common sense and and uh, normalism. So both both parties keep pinning the extremes of the other side as the other side. And I think each party needs to solve that by addressing the extremes that are within their parties. Because if you have people that will take your successes and just make them look awful, then you're never, you're never going to have a mandate to win. People are always going to hate you. Because it's the extremes that get all the media attention. It's who we're talking about all the time. You, know, you Marjorie. Only need, yeah, Marjorie. Like she's so relevant. Um, people, she's literally just some congresswoman. She just says crazy things so everyone knows her name. right? But there's so many sensical people on both sides who nobody knows their name because they're so busy being sensical that they don't get any attention. There's no incentive to be a uh, a common-sense lawmaker.
1: No, you want to be a Marjorie.
0: You want to be a Marjorie.
1: So just looking forwards, looking at 2024, we really opened the podcast with this question. You know, what's going to happen? We really don't get that break between the midterms and what, what's going to just happen in, yeah. I guess, two years, right? So with Trump saying he's going to run again and this increasing polarization but also people kind of realizing that trumpism may not always work in their favor but also at the same time trumpism does it's finding the right moderate in between yeah what's going to happen to the republican party and more importantly are they going to win are democrats going to win
0: who knows i think i think it's really whoever wins in 2024 i feel like it's a little bit irrelevant because it won't change the fact that this is an ideology that people buy into. The, the whole election denialism. And, you know, there's those funny videos um, that I see. They get filmed on, like, Times Square, like, Uptown. And they'll go up to these random people and say, like, Oh, if you name, like, one state, I'll give you $10. And they'll say, like, you know, China. And they'll be, like, yeah. You're wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. And it's funny, like, oh, That's wow. That's state. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, the, it's the only state. And, you know, people will laugh and the, the, the reel will go viral or the TikTok will go viral because it's like, oh, look at this person. They're so silly. They don't know like basic civics. But here's the thing. Half of Americans can't name the three branches of government. And one out of four can't name a single branch of government. One out of four Americans can't name what rights are protected by the First Amendment uh, of the Constitution. And it stops being funny when people... Who don't know their rights and don't know how their government works and don't understand the importance of checks and balances and don't know that you know they have a right of free speech that people have violently fought over to maintain. It it, it stops being it, it stops getting funny when people are so passive towards things that are like threatening our democracy because they don't know any better and it's not it's not their fault as a as a society. As a school system that we have set up for this country, we overvalue some things and really undervalue history and civics. And I think now more than ever, we're getting, you know, we're getting a taste of our medicine. We're not, you know, for decades, we've not been teaching people the importance of U.S. history and all these things. And now people are very passive about those issues. And I think we're getting to, we're we're getting the symptoms of that now, and it's going to really hurt us in the long term.
1: I completely agree, and I think that would be a fun experiment for us to do right after this. Let's go around and ask people at in Stern whether or not they know their rights.
0: Yeah, let's ask them uh, to name the three branches of government.
1: Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Uh, And so let's see if everything is everything is not
0: okay. It's confirmed. Everything is not okay. But will
1: Stern students make it okay? (laughs)
0: Let's see.